They have a combined 12 years in the National Football League. They combined for 65 career sacks, 232 tackles, one Pro Bowl selection, and one Employee of the Month award. That's just a straight shooter with upper management written all over him. It's Train and Gross on the All-AZ Podcast Network. Welcome in. Episode number 75, Training Gross, B-Train, Bertrand Berry, Mike Gross, Sean Cressman. Thanks for tuning in. Mm. We're at uh, Train Station Studios in beautiful Phoenix, Arizona. You know, there's something about the number 75 this year. My dad turned 75 in November. You're talking about NBA, the all 75 top 75 players yep. in NBA history. A lot of debate going on about who's top 75. And of course, we're doing it on the 75th show. 75th edition of Train and Gross. And typically, mm. I do a little prep for this podcast. That's so I right. went into the archives. And uh, what I usually do is who wore it when we do episode 64. Who wore it best? Number 75. Who wore it best? And there was a, As you showed me, I thought it was only one. Because when you first gave me the number 75, I thought, hey, Mean Joe Green, that's it, that's the list. But and, I made that is, e- and that should be, I think, at the top. I made an executive decision, and I'm going to give it to Mean Joe Green. Okay. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't the slam dunk decision. That we thought it was. But we'll, we'll do this. Yeah. Joe Green, of course, uh, part of the uh, Steel Curtain, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Four Super Bowls. Greatest commercial of all time. One of the greatest commercials of all time. Hey, kid, catch. Beautiful Temple, Texas. <laughs> yeah. You ever been to Temple, Texas? I have been to Temple, Texas. He played uh, high school football at Temple, Texas, and then went to the University North of Dallas. North Texas. North, yeah, North Texas. And, and uh, Denton. And their nickname is the... Eagles, I believe. Mean Green. Oh, the mean, oh God, how did I forget that? The Mean Green. They're yeah. the mean, did they recruit you? No, they did not. You didn't even get a letter from them? I think I got like a letter, but on? they didn't... You know, it was just one they of those, knew. you know, they fill out the, the questionnaire sort of deal. Yeah. Notre Dame, North Texas. I, no, no disrespect to North Texas. Well, I think it's cool. They're the Mean Green, and of course, he's Mean Joe Green. Yeah. Where he, anyways, check this list out though. So, uh, and you just missed Joe Green when he was coaching with the Cardinals by a year, by a single year. Yeah. Hate I missed him. And you said to me they blew that whole staff out, yeah. which I get. Uh-huh. But on the other side of the coin, I'm like, how do you fire Joe Green? But uh, he just got swept out with everything. Yeah, but you know, it, it was one of those he landed on his feet. You ever met him? Oh yes, I have met Joe Green. He's a big man. Uh, he's got some big hands, huge, powerful hands, very strong. And uh, he's a man that if, if you look him in the eye, you may not feel quite the same because he, he evokes fear. Yeah. All right, check this list out. Here, here are my other choices. Jonathan Ogden. Wow. Played against him. Hall of Famer. Forrest Gregg. Hang on a second. Let's bounce back. What kind of player? Oh. Jonathan Ogden? Yeah, just, just physically. A mauler. Just, uh, he was 6'8". He was as big as they came. I actually had the fortune of going against him in a regular season game and in my one and only Pro Bowl. And there's a picture of him basically swallowing me up in the Pro Bowl. Like, I mean, it's like I went into him and I disappeared because he was a mountain of a man. I mean, 6'8", longest arms you've ever seen, and very, very skilled, very light on his feet. He was a great, great football player. Forrest Gregg? Forrest Gregg, hell of a coach. Hell of a coach and one of the all-time great Packer players. Yes, Absolutely. And that's hard because you can look not just in the NFL. You can look through sports in general. Mm-hmm. And guys that were great players. Don't always translate to great coaches. Hardly ever. Yeah. And so he was an all-time great on both counts. That's right. And then uh, Howie Long. Howie Long. My goodness. I mean, you, you think about the stare. Everybody always talks about the stare. When he get that faraway look, it was Howie time. And Sean can speak to that better than I can. But 
as a fellow defensive lineman, I've studied a lot of tape on Howie Long and, and some of his moves they're still not able to duplicate to this day. And Howie Long, too, man, uh, not a big school, went to Villanova. Yeah. You know, and, and that goes to the old saying, if you got talent and they think you can play, they'll find you. Yeah. And then um, making the flat top sexy. The mullet, <laughs> the mullet sexy. He yeah. Had, he, he started with the mullet. mullet. Yeah. yeah. Transition to the flat top. Now to yeah. the flat top. Mm-hmm. And uh, came a movie star, TV star. I mean, oh, he's still right. That movie with uh, Christian Slater, Face Off. Yeah. Was it Face Off he was in? Yes. Is that the one he was in? I'm yeah. pretty sure it was. And if I'm wrong, somebody. Because I thought Face Off was John Travolta and those were the, those were the lead characters. Okay. Yes. And Nicholas Cage. Nicola, Nick Cage. Yeah. yeah. That's right. But Howie Long was like the leader of the the. Military, yes, military that's right. guys. Yes. He was also the only Raiders name I could get Lindsay to agree to name our dog. So our dog is named Howie. Wow. Because I went down the whole list. I said Bo, because my affinity for Bo Jackson, you guys know that. She said she already had a dog named Bo, so she couldn't do that. So I'm going down the list. Al, Al Davis, Tim, Tim Brown. Go down the whole list. I said Howie for Howie Long, and she goes, that's the one. Wow. So, yeah, so that's it. Also one of the few guys to have a Super Bowl with his son, oh, Chris Long. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's Chris right. Long has two, just like Howie. Howie has two, Chris Long has two. Look at that. And then finally, uh, save the best for last, I think, Deacon Jones. Oh, my God. Deacon Jones, I, I could go on and on about Deacon Jones. In 2005, my God rest Deacon Jones soul, 2005 came to my house, and we did a segment, uh, I believe it was for Under the Helmet, a, a thing that they were doing with the NFL PA back then. And we filmed a, a segment, and we played pool, and he talked, he gave stories about how much he made and, and when sacks were not an official stat when he played. And mm-hmm. he said he had, I believe he said in one year, he had like 43 quarterback knockdowns. That's what he called them. He didn't call them sacks. He called quarterback knockdowns. Mm-hmm. Said he knocked the quarterback down that many times. And he said with the money that I was making and, and what he made, he said, boy, he'd have been a very rich man. Oh, my goodness. Can, <laughs> can you even? Yeah. I mean, stories for days, Mike. I mean, one of the, 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 the biggest figures you'll ever meet as far as funny, jokes, smart, intelligent. He had the, he had the whole package. I mean, the, the head slap. I mean, everything about Deacon Jones was superstar. All right, so when Deacon Jones is coming over to the house, and we know how you uh, your hospitality is top-notch. Yes. We get it every week here at Train Station. What do you, what do you offer Deacon Jones? Anything well, what he was it, what was on the spread? What did he whatever he wanted? Now the thing about it was we had to get right to work because he was on a limited gotcha. uh, time schedule because right. he had to fly back out to California, mm-hmm. and so he he flew in. We we he flew came straight to my house, and of course there were a few people there, cameras. They were getting it all set up, and then Deacon comes in. He's got this coat on, he's got this hat on backwards, I believe, and he's like, "I'm looking for an official quarterback sacker." <laughs> and, uh, it, you know, the, the size difference is, is staggering. When you see, I showed you the picture yeah. of Deacon and myself. And, I mean, the, the size requirements for defensive ends have changed a little bit over the years. But uh, what a great, great man, a great player. And uh, I was fortunate enough to get to meet him and spend some time with him. Well, and you look at it, you know, you talk about how much money he was making or maybe not making. Not making. Back in, in, in that the NFL, time frame. yes. You know, he was drafted out of uh, Mississippi Valley State. He started at Miss- South Carolina State. Oh, okay. Finished up at Mississippi Valley okay. State and drafted in 1961. He was a 14th round pick. Wow. But his career went from 1961 to 1974. Can you imagine... 13 players better than Deacon Jones in that draft. And he went in the 13th round. No. A 14th exactly. round. 14th round. He, to your point, 
The NFL thought there was 185 players better than Deacon Jones in wow. 1961. Wow. I mean, my goodness. And, and, you know, going back to the the wear and tear and, and just because got $4,500 a year, Ugh. he had to have a part-time job because yeah. he was not you a full-time football player yeah, making $4,500. No, not you, even you, back then. You, and that's why, that's why camps had to be six weeks, seven weeks long because you had to get yourself in shape yeah. because you were doing another job. Mike, you had a whole entirely different career playing football back then that yeah. that, that was really kind of a, a, a hobby like something that you did on the side the nfl was not what it is today but the thing that we have to do we have to really give them a lot of credit uh, that generation for popularizing the game and, and making it what it is today because without them laying the foundation we wouldn't be able to enjoy the success that we have today. and i'll tweet it out on training gross you know you talk about how tr- you know as his career grew how he transcended things he yeah. tra- he, he played his almost his entire career in Southern California, partly yep. for the Chargers, partly for the Rams. Yeah, mostly for the Rams. And uh, then he, you know, one of those great Miller-like commercials back in the day. Can they, can they see this picture? Can they see this as I put this up here? Uh, bring it down a little. There you go, right there. Beautiful. Yeah. Me and Deke, man. Send me that. I'll tweet that out as well. Yeah. Um, but uh, Rest in peace, Deke. Yeah, the, uh, the Miller-like commercials, he was... I just looked it up. I didn't know this. He was on the Brady Bunch. Like he 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 parlayed that football persona into uh, that was his job after the fact. Yeah, he was doing Haggard closing commercials. Mike, like, he was a superstar. He was like a real bona fide star. I mean, he had a signature move with the head slap that was actually banned by the NFL. And you talk about a productive player, a guy that was as mean and as intimidating as they come. But when you sit down and you have a conversation with him, Mike, you. You wouldn't fr- football wouldn't be the first thing that you thought of when you thought of Deacon Jones. He was that well spoken, that articulate. And before we pivot out of this, real quickly, we were talking about before we started recording, Mississippi Valley State, South Carolina State, historically black colleges, and he's from Florida. Yep. Florida State didn't recruit him. Nope. Florida, Florida didn't recruit him. Miami. Miami didn't recruit him. Nope. And so you Central know, Florida didn't recruit. You talk him. about how you know finding the talent, and there's there's some kind of special something that I, I saw, and I got to find this on. HBCUs, the historically black uh, colleges and universities and yep. their sports programs. Yep. How back in the day, De- the Deacon Joneses of the world went to HBCUs. They had no choice. And then it kind of, all of a sudden, teams figured out or schools figured out, hey, wait a minute. Yep. And so then, you know, they kind of fell by the wayside and, and struggled a little bit. And now Deion Sanders, Eddie George, others, we've talked about this, bringing it back. Mm-hmm. Um, just kind of an interesting side note to, to this whole story. No doubt about it. it. But when you start talking about the number 75, there have been some all-time, all-time greats to wear that number. And when you share the company and that number with, with that type of clientele, my goodness, Mike, that, that number, it, you, you've got to be a baller to wear that number. Yeah, absolutely. All right, uh, we are here mid-June, mm. and the uh, NBA Finals still ongoing. Yeah. Um, Steph Curry, like, I don't even know what That's to it. say. That's it. That's the list. That's the list. They're up 3-2. Yes. And they can finish it off tomorrow. It's a gimpy ankle, whatever, but. Nah, he said he was fine. To his credit, I know he, he said did, he fine. but, you know, they, they played a montage. I know TV has to build it up, the drama. Sure. But he, he's not a big man. No, he's not. And he's taken some, some punishment. But it's not slowing him down at all. No. And uh, they're getting ready to close out a really good and a really solid defensive team. We talked about it last week, a bigger team in the Boston Celtics. Yeah, I mean, got the reigning defensive player of the year in Marcus Smart. And I think Ime Udoka, I think he should have gotten consideration for coach of the year. Of course, we we know it went to the right coach here with Monty Williams and what they were able to do in the regular season. 
But I look at Steph Curry, and, and there's been so much talk about him, Mike, and it's not always great talk. I think a lot of times people take shots at Steph Curry for whatever reason. Sometimes people just don't like him because he's got the baby face. He's got, you know, two max contracts. I mean, he's gotten all the attention. He's got three championships, two MVPs, one unanimous MVP, the only unanimous MVP in league history. And I think a lot of people are just jealous of Steph Curry for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. But when you look at this series and you look at where they came from the previous two years, Mike, you got to give Steph Curry a lot of credit. And a lot of times people look at the, the Golden State Warriors and they wonder, what is the formula for success? Is it Steve Kerr? Is it Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, Draymond Green as the, as the, as the glue guys that, that, that makes this thing run? I truly believe that it is Steph Curry is the engine that makes this Golden State Warriors team go. And the fact that he is finally going to get his just due, I believe, mm -hmm. and be named MVP because I do believe ultimately Golden State will win in either six or seven. And I think it's been one of those, those long time coming sort of situations where everybody wants to find a yeah, but right. in reference to Steph Curry. Yeah, he's good, but. He never won a finals MVP. That was Kevin Durant. He needed Kevin Durant to win the MVP. He didn't win it in 2015 because they gave it to Andre Iguodala. Oh, by the way, when LeBron James was giving him a hot 35 per game. So, you know, you can say what you want about who was deserving of the MVP. But I think if he were able to get finals MVP, I think that's the last award. And that's the last thing on his resume that he could check off where you can say, Steph Curry deserves to be in the top 10 in all-time great players. Steph Curry, 34 years old, and still, to your point, a babyface. Babyface assassin. Right. Will shoot your lights out. So, I agree with you. They'll close it out here. Six, seven, they'll get this ring. Yep. Are they a dynasty? Yes. Six, in, six finals in eight years, Mike. You know the other team that went to six finals in eight years? That would be the Chicago Bulls. Right. The 90s Chicago Bulls yeah. with one Michael Jeffrey Jordan. So if you consider the Michael Jordan Bulls a dynasty, now granted, they're going to have, the Bulls had more championships than the Golden State Warriors, but to get to six out of eight, that's very, very impressive. And we all know, had they been healthy, they would have beaten Toronto. Yeah. And had the, had the NBA not uh, suspended Draymond Green for whatever they wanted to call it uh, against that dust-up with LeBron James, I think they would have had, I think they would have been perfect in the finals. Well, and, and you look at how they, I don't want to say they bottomed out. They just were the victim of a lot of unfortunate luck. Injuries. For two Injuries, years. Injuries, yeah. But to come back from where they were and, and now be on the verge of winning another NBA title, yeah. I think that absolutely puts them in that dynasty conversation. And it's interesting. Maybe it's the times we live in because people don't want to give that up as easily. Sure. Like when you're living through the Chicago Bulls, which we all did, there was no question. They were the best team. Right. And the Lakers, time, you know, back yeah. in, in showtime. And the Celtics back then. And the there. Celtics. Yeah. And, of course, the Detroit Pistons bad boys were yeah. the all-time great dynasties. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. No doubt. Right, right. Because those were teams that you saw, they were consistent. They got to more than yeah. one finals. They didn't just get to one and they were a one-hit wonder. They were back multiple times. They had recognizable stars, Mike. And I think the style of play of the Golden State Warriors is changed the game. Steph Curry single-handedly has changed the way basketball is being played. Now, any player under six feet four believes that they can go to the NBA and that they can shoot a ball from half court and, and they can make it on a consistent basis. And the other thing that we talked about last week was the presence or lack thereof or impact or lack thereof from Draymond Green. Mm. And I think how attentive, if that's the right word, or that leadership role that Steph Curry occupies 
He addressed that in the post-game comments and said, yeah, if you're going to talk about Draymond, you've got to look at more than just points. You've got to look at what he really means, what he brings to this team, his presence on the court, and how important he is yes. as our leader. Yes. That's Steph Curry talking about Draymond Green. Yes. Whether he believes he's the leader or not, propping up his guy. Yep. And when Draymond Green hears that and knows that, you know even if the shot's not falling, he's going to run through a brick wall for Steph Curry. I don't understand why anybody could really root against Steph Curry. If you like other teams, I get you can cheer for your team. Sure. But when you take Steph Curry at face value, has to be one of the more likable superstars that you've ever seen. Right. A guy that came from a, a, a NBA family. Uh, his, his father, Dale, was a, yeah. was a great shooter. And his brother is a great shooter. And Seth Curry out there with the Brooklyn Nets now. It, you, you look at his, his life, Mike. I think his life has been one of those, those, those storybook type right. lives. Fairy tale where, you know, you grow up, you know, at dad's hip. You're, you're shooting when they're at shoot around. And he's, yeah. he's putting up shots. And, you know, yeah, it, it's like, you know, the, the, the little guy, you know, how cute on the other end. He's putting up shots. But he's actually getting buckets. Yeah. Like, they're going in. Well, it's what you were talking about with Larry really Fitzgerald. Good. Yes. Larry Fitzgerald grew up around that. That's right. And That's right. he took it all in. Got and took a lot of the greats. good. Yes. And I think the same, obviously, can be said for Steph Curry. Absolutely. And, and the fact that he's going to have a gold jacket when, when his career is all said and done. And, and if he has as many championship rings as LeBron James, I think you have to put him in a you different do. category. Yeah, you do. And, and the other thing, too, with, with the Warriors, like, and I know we live here in Phoenix. And yeah. you, know, you, you, you if you're the Phoenix yeah, Everybody's fan, salty right now. Everybody's salty about the yep. Warriors. Yep. And they still are salty yep. about the Spurs. Yep. And yep. And the, the, the but I don't see how, I, to your point, I think I don't see how you cannot like this team. Um, and I understand when you're, if you're a fan of another team, it, I grew up a Detroit fan, you, you will never get me to say something good about the Bulls. I get it. <laughs> right. I get it. But you, you know, I think you have to have a level of appreciation. Come on, there's got to be something. I mean, it's one of the greatest dynasties in sports history. Right. There it is. See? God, I knew I'd get him to say something. Well, nice I just about said the that. Bulls, yeah, you know? no. I mean, <laughs> he's never come off as a hater with Michael Jordan and the Bulls. And I, I think anybody that, because I'll be the first to say, my Houston Rockets benefited tremendously from Jordan taking two years off because those were the two championship yeah. years that my Rockets yeah. were able to finish that deal. Yeah, so, you're welcome. Yeah, I mean, hey, I, I'll be the first to say, you know, hey, thank you very much, Michael Jordan, and, right. and uh, you know, for taking a hiatus. But Or, you know, the Suns choking away, you know, 3-1 leads in back-to-back years. I mean, they, they, yeah, it had something to do with it. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, hey, somebody had to beat them. Away. Somebody had to beat them. So it is what it is. <laughs> and, uh, you know, that's mm-hmm. why I'm from Tustin to this day, not Houston. <laughs> Thank you so much. Tustin. Tustin, that's right. All right, we'll, uh, we'll keep an eye on that. By the time we reconvene a week from now, we will have a new NBA champion. They're, they're giving right. them extra days. Got a little bit of – I like it. I, I think because you want the product, for one, is TV, Mike. Oh, and I think, two – you want these guys at their best. You want them healthy. You want them rested because you want to see the best possible basketball that you can get. Well, and you called it out last week. The, uh, the ESPN family, which includes ABC, now is also the home of the National Hockey League Stanley Cup Finals. So they had to sandwich in hockey games opposite basketball games since both of them are running their championships simultaneously. And so to your point, TV's calling the shots here. Mike, I, I, you know, on a side note, hockey has played this as well as they possibly could have. The fact yeah. that they are on ESPN, Mike, and they've been on the entire time. Yeah. They're, they're, in, the, they're in the conversation of sports now. And they're on, e, they're on ABC tonight. They're on ABC, yeah. and, and, and they're, they're getting primetime attention. I, I, I can't tell you how important that is. And they were off to, you know, speaking of the Colorado 
and, and Tampa Bay, the Colorado Avalanche were off to a 2 nothing start within like the first 10 minutes. It's like these guys are blitzing everybody right three, now. 3-3 three with five minutes left in regulation. It's 3-3? Three, three? Yeah. You know, it's something Tampa about Bay, the, Tampa, Tampa you, you Bay. You've got to kill them. You've got to literally, I mean, figuratively. You, you figuratively yeah. have got to kill them in order to take them out because we saw them down, I believe they were down 3-1 in the opening yeah. round, came back, and, you know, you get it to a game seven, you know that championship medal was going to come back and and and, and You talk and about dynasties. Uh, this Tampa Bay Lightning team that Steve Eiserman assembled, mm. uh, he's no longer with the club, but he assembled this core. Yeah. This this could go down in the early 2020s as a dynasty for the NHL. Quietly, could Steve Eisenman be a, a Jerry West of the NHL? We don't want to go too far down the rabbit hole of hockey on this, but Steve Eisenman goes home. He's the general manager of his team where he made his name as a player. And if he can resurrect that team and bring them to where the Lightning are right now, I think there's no question. I think there's absolutely no question. And I think what it shows you is that he's not afraid to take on a challenge because he could have stayed in Tampa and just ridden this out and kept adding pieces. And he went home to his franchise that let him become the player that he was. And he's got a hell of a job in front of him because this is not the Red Wings that you remember from back in the 90s and early 2000s. No doubt about it. Without any question about that. Yeah. And I, but I think it's a good point. Real quickly before we get out of here, and you talk about the impact of TV and, and sports and all that. The other thing that I know secretly people are not happy with the Lightning because they eliminated the Rangers, mm. NBA, NHL, all of them. New Maybe York not market. not the NFL. New York market. New York market. Absolutely. When you have a seven-game series and you can deliver the New York market. <laughs> it's gold. Yeah. It's so gold. That's the one drawback there. But uh, the NHL is putting on a, another great postseason. All right. We'll step aside. On the other side, we're going to get into something. I asked you about this ahead of time. Sure. Uh, some sad news came out of the NFL about 10 days ago. We didn't touch on it. And then I saw another story kind of picking up on it. Uh, and we want to visit that. That's coming up next on Train and Gross. Train and Gross. Write stuff down. You forget to do it. <laughs> so I'm getting old. I make a list and I forget to read the list. Check it twice. I did not. That's the problem. Hey, um, I mentioned uh, some sad news it came out of the NFL. And. It's sad, but unfortunately, it's not that infrequent. Uh, about uh, 10 days ago, two weeks ago, uh, former Dallas Cowboy running back Marion Barber III passed away. And a very sad story. Yes. Um, and at first, I said, well, that's a sad story. But, mm. you know, unfortunately, as I said, it happens far too often. He was 38 years of age. Mm. And um, his family members are saying there is no question that he suffered from CTE. Right. Um, traumatic brain injury yep. that you get from playing in the National Football League. But then I saw a story that followed it up after the fact where Terrence Newman, who played with him with the Cowboys, mm -hmm. said he was scared mm. with his last encounter with Marion Barber about how far he had deteriorated mentally and physically. And here's a man who was only 38 years of age when he retired from the National Football League. And you played against him. Cardinals, I went back and looked at it. Uh, he had a six-year career which is above average for, right. for NFL. Especially running backs. Especially running backs. So mm -hmm. he had a six-year career uh, and did quite well against the Cardinals. In the, yes, in the six games or five games he played, he had four touchdowns, ran for about 350 yards. Yep. And I mentioned this to you, and the first word out of your mouth was? Battering ram. He played like a battering ram. He played like his hair was on fire. He had the dreads, uh, but he never, he never shied away from contact. Mike, he ran towards contact. He loved it. He loved every aspect of the physical style of play. And I had a lot of respect for Marion Barber and, and 
Mike, the fact that he made a Pro Bowl and was not the starting running back on his own team just lets you know the type of respect that he garnered throughout his time in the NFL and the fact that he was able to have a 10-touchdown season as a non-starter in the backfield, Mike. I mean, when you talk about the evolution of the NFL, it's become a pass-happy league all on its own. And for a guy even then to amass 10 touchdowns in a pass-happy league as a backup running back, yep. that, that is as impressive as it gets. And, and uh, for him to have uh, met his untimely demise so early, uh, definitely thoughts and prayers go out to his family. Uh, I know his dad was a was a was a player, and 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 uh, I know former University of Minnesota star. Mm-hmm. A lot of people in University of Minnesota are, are still feeling that tremendous yeah. loss. And uh, you know what what a, what a great great player he was. Uh, it's a quote from Terrence Newman, and it really hits you at, at the very end here. He said he wasn't doing too well. He looked bad, like a different person, like he could not function. Newman said, mm. "When I tell you I was scared, mm. I thought he was going to swing on me." Wow talking about a former teammate, and he ran into him at a gas station mm. and said he barely could recognize him. Mm. And again, he was only 38 years of age. And, you know, to the point where his career had taken that much out of him physically. So, you know, I want to talk to you because obviously as a former player, you and I on the radio show talked about this uh, often. Um, but also I want to get into it from the fans' perspective um, because you see, and maybe we'll start there. You see a lot of times online, you hear... Theoretically, high level, people say player safety. I can get behind player safety. Sure. I mean, you're my favorite player. I want you to be healthy. I want you to be on the field. Absolutely. So when you talk about it that way, everybody's on board. Like, yeah, that's cool. We're going to keep people healthy. Mm -hmm. But then you watch it real time. You watch a game, and then you watch it on social media, or you Mm -hmm. listen to people. Mm -hmm. The referee throws a flag because the player hit him with the crown of his helmet or something like that. Or a running back got got fined because he lowered his head. And they talk about the wussification of the NFL. Next thing you know, they're going to be playing with flags on. Yep. Okay, that's you watching a game on Sunday, mm-hmm. drinking a few beers with your buddies, and then you fast forward to stories like Marion Barber the Third, which is not uncommon, and a direct reason why rules exist in the National Football League. Mike, you go all the way back to some of the old school players, and it's sad when you think story after story. The one that really comes to mind, first of all, was, was Mike Webster. Yeah. And a guy that was a Hall of Famer, a guy that was an integral part of the Pittsburgh Steelers' run, four Super Bowls, I believe, in six years where they were absolutely dominant and and uh, there were so many guys dave dorson was another guy that comes to mind and and um just so heartbreaking to hear the, these men who were larger than life figures mike who who played the game the way that it was supposed to be played very physical very violent but were good men off the field and and unfortunately uh there were things that that transpired through that contact that they initiated and and that they uh, received at times that 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 really altered their life Mike and, and ultimately caused them their life and and um, it's, well, it's sad because you know I, I think about my time I've lost six teammates Mike not all through CTE but through various illnesses and and, and whatnot and you know anytime you lose someone before and before 40 and, and all my teammates that I've lost were younger than 40 years yeah. old it, it just makes you wonder man was there something that could have been done sooner to help these men yeah and you, 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 you sit here with all these questions and, and, and nothing can make you feel better about the fact that your brother is gone. Well, and, and you mentioned that, you know, and, and you mentioned Mike Webster a minute ago. Go look, Google a picture of Mike Webster right before he passed. Yeah. He was 50 when yeah. he died. Yeah. And he could have been 75, and I wouldn't call you a liar looking at that picture. Mike, I mean, you think about, I said Dave Dewerson. Dave Dewerson was a part of that, that, that great uh, yeah. Chicago Bear team in 85. Junior Seau. 
another guy. I mean, you know, we were on air. We talked about this, and 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 it happened real time while we're on the show. Yep. We heard the news of Junior Seau passing from a gunshot inflicted wound, and and you hear these stories, and it just it it just breaks your heart because you think, what kind of pain must you have been in to want to do something like that to yourself, and to do it in a way where you understand that something's not right. You know something's not right, but you just can't convey that to somebody else. I think else. that's it, right? Because yes. the, the traumatic brain injury, which, you know, to your point, maybe not all of them are directly attributable to that, but you know it's a cause. Oh, there's no doubt it, about it. Right? And so when your brain goes like, and I don't know, but you read about it, like you hit the nail on the head, like something's causing it, but you don't know what it is. You can't rectify it in your own mind. Right. And so... If you're Junior Seau, you take your own life, or you know, with, with you know, gunshot wound, mm-hmm. or other guys. Dave you know, Dorison, Brian Waters, the list goes on, on and, and on, on, Mike. Right, and you know, to your point, at such a young age, so that shows you how quickly they they break down. And I go back again because the, the the Mike Webster one is is cons- uh, to the point. You talk about a, a man who was when he was playing, and even right after he was done playing, larger than life in Pittsburgh. Yes. Right, everything he meant to that team. Absolutely. And then he was living in his truck. Yes. In Pittsburgh, like you tell me, people in that town, if he went looking for assistance, like I, you know, they were I, more than willing to help him. Pittsburgh would have taken no care of Mike Web- Webster, but he was not Mike Webster anymore. No, no. And I think he sold his his Super Bowl ring all and all it. that stuff. I mean, it, you know, not that that's something that is the uh, final blow, but uh, you know, people have their own feelings about yeah. pe- you know uh, jewelry and, and memorabilia. But to see a guy that was so big and and so strong and and a picture of health and a picture of strength, and to think that this man was living in his car at the end, yeah. how sad that is, and think that these men harmed themselves in ways that they protected their brains. Usually most people that want to do something like that, they go right to their head. Right. But they understood that something wasn't right, but they knew something had to be done to study their head. So they did it in a way to where their head was preserved. Mike, that's so heartbreaking. They wanted to, to, to send the message and, 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 and pay the ultimate price to send that message. Yeah, yeah. No, it is. And, and again, you and I, uh, all the way back to, uh, to the Bertrand Berry show on the radio, we talked about this a lot. And you thought, you, we, the last time we talked about it, you, know, you, you were getting checked annually. Absolutely. You know, there was a doctor, I believe, in Glendale somewhere yes. where you'd go and get checked. And, and you said you were never diagnosed with a play, uh, concussion, concussion. Excuse me, during your playing career, high school, Notre Dame, NFL. No, not one time. But and you still... Th- you still are concerned about it. Oh, I know I had a concussion. I mean, I, I know I wasn't diagnosed with one, but there were times where I saw spots. There were times where I had my quote-unquote bell rung. Mm-hmm. And if you would have asked me the right question at the time, I probably wouldn't, you know, I would have given you the, the right or wrong answer depending on your perspective. Right. So everybody that, that played the game at a certain level, if you played it in high school, if you played it in college, if you played it on the pro level, you dealt with something. And if you were a guy that was an interior lineman or a running back, a linebacker, uh, to some, or a safety that was a guy that was a physical type safety, a Ronnie Lott or, or those, those, Adrian Wilson, those type yeah. of players, the guys that use that physicality, Brian Dawkins is another guy that comes to mind. You can't tell me that there is no scrapnel from your playing days, something has been altered. Something has been affected mm-hmm. by your playing days. And you may not have 
the outward appearance that anything is wrong, but you know deep down when you put your head on that pillow, Mike, that something's wrong. And I, I had to go get checked because I was seriously concerned. There was so much coming out about it that wasn't readily available to us when we were playing that once that information came out, I was like, look, I need to go see what's going on because right. I don't want to be a, a, a quote-unquote victim here. I knew what I was doing when I signed up to play, but if there's some way I can, can do something to get ahead of this thing and maybe prevent it from spreading, becoming worse, or becoming an issue at all, why wouldn't I take advantage of that? Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's, it's to your point, you know what you were signing up for, um, and I do it again. And you do it again. And your son does it. My son and does it. high school football in this state is mm-hmm. huge. Yep. And so we've got, you know, players on top of players doing it. And to your point, you hope they're getting tr- coached the right way. Sure. Uh, that they have decent medical staff. Right. But the risk is there. It always, the, always the risk there. is there. Mike, anytime you have large humans running into other large humans, there's going to be some, yeah. there, there's going to be carnage. There, there, there's going to be some fallout from it. And you just hope that these coaches and these medical staffs that are in charge of these youngsters are really able to to diagnose and really understand what CTE is and what it looks like so they can get ahead of it. If they see a kid that may be struggling and may be in danger, that they can get them out of the game yeah. and get the requisite test and, and, and the treatment that will get them back to 100%. Yeah. I'll just finish this up real quickly, where, kind of where we started with you know the, the, the fans, right? The mm. fan reaction, like mm. the – the wussification of the NFL. I don't, I don't know how you can look at an NFL game and say that, you know, there's, it's a wussification. You might not like the rules. You might not sure. understand the rules. Sure. And it's different. Deacon Jones, you talk about a guy who made the, the head, head slap, slap famous, mm. which would not be legal today. <laughs> it is not legal. But, uh, yeah. you know, so it's different. Yep. But people are a hell of a lot bigger. Yep. A hell of a lot stronger. A hell of a lot faster. And a hell of a lot faster. And we were talking about this off air. That, that you train year-round now. Absolutely. So that is your job. You With are, the money that's in it, you, you can afford right? to train year-round. So you no are right. a you know, bigger, stronger, faster. All the time. You and you're, 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 you're able to go longer even, right. too. So, you know, it, it's, the, the game is constantly evolving, but, you know, the rules are not going to be able to keep up no. with the evolution of the players because the players and their, their bodies and the way that they're able to manipulate their bodies to be able to go out and do the things that they're asked to do, technology is always going to be a half step behind. Marion Barber, dead at the age of 38 Rest years in of peace, age. brother. Rest All in right. peace. On the other side, some more NFL news and notes on Train and Gross. Train and Gross. Welcome back in. Train and Gross. Give us a follow on... Twitter at training gross. Simple Just that enough. Easy, man. Simple enough. Mike, is there an update on the hockey game? Is it still three three? Live scoring <laughs> update here from uh, the train station <laughs> studios as uh, we check the scoreboard. <laughs> NHL game one, three three. End. Uh, I said it was the end of the third period. Excuse me. Uh, end of the second period. In the second period. Wow. Good thing it's a podcast. People already know the <laughs> score by the time they watch. That's this. all right. Uh, but it's three three. End of two. Wow. Uh, Avs and the Lightning tied it up. So there's been a lot of fireworks in that game. First a lot of appearance. fireworks. All right, getting mm-hmm. into the NFL. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody concerned about the uh, Arizona Cardinals and the quarterback situation. <laughs> what about your center? <laughs> yeah. Inexcused absence is what they called it. And it sounded like people were surprised by it. Yeah. Like I was listening to our good friend Ron Wolfley on the radio driving around doing uh, errands yesterday. 
and uh, Wolf was Wolf was processing real time, trying to make uh, heads or tails. And he said, "Look, when you hear it's unexcused, and the coach says we got things to work out, that's not a good thing." And you look at this team, and, and obviously the quarterback gets all the attention. Yep. But Rodney Hudson, you, you look at kind of a a an anchor uh, of that offensive line. Do you remember when he was out last year? Yeah. Bad snaps over the quarterback's oh, head. It was awful. Couldn't get the run game going in the red zone. I mean, but yeah, he, made, he missed like two or three games with COVID. He is a big part of what they do offensively. So, Mike, I, since we've been doing radio together for the better part of a decade plus, the one thing that I always try to instill into you is follow the money. When you have situations where guys are not showing up and, and there's discrepancies, they're not – they're not having discrepancies about playing time. We know Rodney Hudson is the best center on this team. We know Rodney Hudson is probably one of the better centers in the entire NFC. No doubt. So when you talk about why his services are being withheld, it always comes down to the money. And when you talk about your center being disgruntled, you talk about your quarterback being disgruntled, and you just you lost your best defensive player in Chandler Jones because he was disgruntled about money, it just makes you wonder what, what, what is going on. Yeah, well, and apparently, you know, reading the tea leaves, Kyler is happy because he's in camp, and that means that. I don't mean he's happy. That just means that he's willing to work with. Or there's progress behind the scenes. Rodney Hudson, uh, when he got traded over from the Raiders, uh, they did the contract three-year, $30 million deal. Uh, So this is year two of the three-year deal scheduled to make like ten and a half this year. Okay. So I don't know where that ranks in centers, but you're right, because they were, again, our good friend Wolf and, and that's just, this is where Wolf's at his best, like in real time, and he's processing. Like mm-hmm. He's just think, saying what he's thinking. Mm-hmm. And he's, well, I know he just had a baby, but that'd be an excused absence. And he's going through the whole list of sure. things, and he goes, this is not good, brothers. This is a, this is a contract. <laughs> this is exactly what he said. It's always the money, Mike. Yeah. Always follow the money. When you talk about professional sports and all the money that is being poured into these sports leagues, you always have to think about the money and, and what people are thinking about. You can even go golf. Who oh. knew golf would have that situation that they're, they're dealing with now with Liv and the, the PGA Tour? That's I mean, a whole different story. That's a whole yeah, mess. Right. But you're the, right. the thing that it comes back down to is the no money. Doubt. No Whenever doubt. there is TV money and when there's professional money to be made for, 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 for excellence, uh, there's always going to be some sort of feelings involved around money. So I, I think... With Rodney Hudson, hopefully this thing can get resolved sooner than later. Uh, here with the Cardinals, we've seen it around the league. Obviously, uh, Lamar Jackson is back in camp with the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, he has a situation where he's looking to get a big payday, and, and the Ravens are like, well, we want to pay him, but he, he keeps holding out. Like, he's singularly focused on, on winning. Uh, yeah, that sounds good. But the reality is he's just he's, he's, he's raising the stakes. He's betting on himself yet again. And he feels that if he goes out and plays well again, that he's going to be a guy that is going to be even more handsomely compensated than one Deshaun Watson. So you've got uh, Daniel Snyder, mm. owner of the Washington mm. Commanders, mm. the commies. Oh. He was summoned to testify in front of Congress. Yep. No good. Because of uh, all the issues with that team. And uh, he politely declined. He said, I'm busy that day. Can't come. You know, the thing that's so funny I, about that, Mike, is uh, he is the owner of the team in Washington. Right there. And <laughs> you can't come. You're too busy. Uh, when you get that, I, I, I want to know what that envelope looks like. 
that that when you get some <laughs> you got the dreaded FedEx package as a player. Yeah, we got the dreaded FedEx package. I don't know what that package looks like. I mean, it's probably got, you know, a whole lot of stamps on it. It's probably got a whole lot of eagles, you know, because the eagles is that you know that official bird, you know what I mean? So, I I I almost cringe to think what that 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 envelope looks like when you're being summoned to that house. I got to believe with the headlines that just keep coming out, and, and we talked about this, and until it actually happens, it's pure speculation, but the other owner's got to be growing weary. There's, as part of this story where he's refusing to go testify in front of Congress, uh, they end- indicated that the NFL has hired a standalone, a separate attorney to deal with the Washington commanders. Wow. So on top of the story that broke a couple weeks ago where the commanders are stealing money from the rest of the league, mm. the revenue sharing that goes on, now they're spending money to have a stand, uh, like a, 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 what do they call it, a, a in-house counsel, whatever, yep. to deal specifically with one of your teams, one of your owners. Yeah. That cannot sit well no. with the other 31 owners. No, Mike, I mean, it, it can't sit well at all, just like the lawsuit in St. Louis didn't sit well at all with the owners. I mean, in recent history, these guys have been pretty, their, their feathers have been ruffled yep. because they've had to cut some checks that they didn't really necessarily want to have to cut. And anytime that they have to cut checks that they don't want to cut, they want to make somebody else responsible and, and pick up the slack for that money that they're actually losing. Deshaun Watson. Wow. The story that keeps on giving. Mike, um, I have been a Deshaun Watson supporter. I have been a guy that has, in many situations, defended him. Mike, 66 is hard to defend. 66 in 17 months, that's... That's, that's really hard to defend. And now 26 suits against him. So I know that he may not have done anything criminal, but, Mike, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this as a, a guy that, that, that used my body as a livelihood. I still yeah. use my body as a livelihood. I am very particular about who touches my body. Mike, I played 13 years in the NFL, 12 that were credited. I can count on one hand yeah. the number of individuals that touched my body. And not all of them were female. So to have 66 different women in under a year and a half, 66? Yeah. You know, some numbers that they just jump out <laughs> more than others. Like his 230 guaranteed, that jumps out. But 66 different women to quote-unquote massage you again you may not have done anything criminally but when you talk about a bad look right it is an awful look for one Deshaun Watson and I think the court of public opinion is not going to be able to get past that because it's kind of like this it's kind of like that big elephant in the room Mike it's like you, you you like Deshaun Watson he's done a lot of good things for the NFL but damn 66 well and the other thing too and you're right. I, all that I get. Now that this is coming to light, now this is like, don't talk. Don't I, talk. But I, I like what he did, Mike. I like what he said in that 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 that, that news conference. He he didn't say that he uh, didn't have something wrong. He just said he didn't force anybody. Right. That that's not saying that something didn't happen. So, you know, the, the fact that he came out and, and he stood tall, he didn't read a statement, Mike. He didn't fumble over any type of, of written down, uh, uh, you know, pre-written speech. 
I like that aspect of it. And he tried to keep it as short as he could without having to yeah, answer the questions. But I, I like what you said. But I do like the point that he did stand up there and say, listen, I am not guilty of what I'm accused of. I, I, and I understand that, but and maybe I watch too much Law & Order on TV. <laughs> wait, wait till it plays out. Right. Wait, you can say whatever you want after the fact. Particularly now with this team, and I understand they got a one-year deal up front on sure. the way they structured this contract. But as this continues to grow, that might not be enough. Yeah, might. That might not be enough. And when you get up in front of uh, the cameras, and I don't disagree with your, the way you paint this statement, mm-hmm. but it just would have felt better for me if I'm the Cleveland Browns, if I'm his legal team, to wait till after this is all in the rearview mirror. It's settled, whatever it is. You know, because part of his statement was he doesn't regret any of his actions. And I understand none of it was illegal, and I, I get that. But when you give fodder to the other side, and as Sean said, additional lawsuits have been filed and going back to what we just talked about with Daniel Snyder you have linked up your former team as part of this I just I just think you got to just no comment right now yeah I'll talk to you when this is done Mike I I I understand and I most times I agree with you I would say 90 95 percent of the time I agree with you less is more yeah say less that's more but when you are the, the, the new guy, you've just mm-hmm. been given 230 guaranteed. Mm-hmm. You know no matter what happens, if you don't play a down in the NFL again, you're getting $230 million from the Cleveland Browns. You have to say something. You can't just not say anything. Now, if he would have gone up there and, and, and had this long soliloquy, then I'd have been like, okay, Deshaun, wrap it up. Okay. You know, let, like, let's, let's get this going so we you. can get back to the football. I thought what he did was it was calculated. It was something that obviously he had been prepped to do. Uh, you got to give his legal team a lot of credit. But there wasn't, it wasn't going to be enough for him to say no comment when, one, you get that kind of guaranteed money and it's that big of a deal to where you are supposed to change life for this organization, a team yep. that is starving for champions. Yep. starving for a champion and the moves that they've made and the fact that they've they've brought in uh you know the guys that they've brought in uh to go alongside of Deshaun Watson I, he he wasn't it, it wasn't going to be enough he would he would have come off as weak Fair. had he said nothing so i i, I like the fact that he kept it short and sweet and he he he's he stood his ground he stuck to his guns um time will tell what this is going to look like mike but again, 66, yeah. damn. Damn. Lamar Jackson. Yes. Back at playoffs. Our playoffs. At practice. Back practice, at practice. Excuse me. Uh, and, and the report out of Baltimore is it lifted everyone's spirits to have their quarterback back in the facility. Mike, that whole system is built around Lamar Jackson. That whole team is built around, around Lamar Jackson. If he is not there, I don't care who they have as the backup. That backup can be as formidable as they want to be. They are not Lamar Jackson. There's only one player on that roster that has an MVP trophy. That's Lamar Jackson. And so they have put all their eggs in the Lamar Jackson basket. And if he's not there, Mike, it doesn't look like the same team. And I think starting with these these mini camps that these are mandatory mini camps, it's just a way for these owners to keep these guys accountable. Because let's face it, Life is not going to change for Lamar had he not been to that mini sure. camp. The, the system hasn't changed. The verbiage hasn't changed. Hell, the personnel really hasn't changed. They've got to stay healthy. Their biggest problem was health last year. Absolutely. They lost all of their running backs. 
They lost receivers. They lost tight ends. They lost offensive linemen. It was a real bad look for they, they even lost Lamar from for you know a few weeks due to injuries at the end of the season. So this team goes as Lamar Jackson goes. And they understand that he is the unquestioned leader and they understand that the sooner they get this deal done, the better it'll be for everybody because now they can put the focus back on the field, which everybody rightfully wants it to be. And to your point, the, the way the Baltimore Ravens are constructed is because everything of who is about so what, everything. You know, and I understand, you know, similar to what the, the story here in Arizona was like, look, we're going to get it done. Sure. Right. These things typically happen in June and July. That's sure. the normal time frame. Right. But even I would say even more so than Arizona. Lamar Jackson and the Ravens, the, the, that's not breaking up. So what, what's the – you know what you're going to do. Absolutely. So why the drama, I guess? I mean, not for you, but just in yeah. general, why, why the drama? So. Well, the, the drama is he's the quarterback, he's the face of the franchise, yeah. and if he's not no. taken care of, quote-unquote, playing on a rookie deal, then people are going to speculate as to why. That part I get 100%. Mm-hmm. And it, to me, it's the other side of the coin on the Ravens' part. Like, we all know what has to happen. Yeah. You give him a number. Uh, Deshaun Watson. And you're done. Add, add, add a couple mil, we'll, we'll be okay. Give him that, and we're done. That, we're done. Because it was going to happen anyway. It's anyways. going to happen. It could happen in March. It yes. happened in July. It yes. was going to happen. Yes. Another and, story, Mike, real quick before we get out of here. Devontae Adams dropped a bomb. Yeah. I mean, if you're Aaron Rodgers, how do you feel right now? A guy that say, yeah, I, I was – I just got tired of waiting. You know what I mean? Like, I, I – I'm, I'm, I left because I didn't know what he was going to do. <laughs> I mean, I, I got to take care of me. I got to look out for number one. What, what do you want me to do? And I understand that. And I think for Aaron, in the back of his mind, at some point he's got to have that conversation with himself, with it, whatever he's drinking, because I'm sure he's had something to drink. He's thinking to himself, damn, I cost myself my favorite receiver, my best option, the best receiver he said that he's ever played with. Now that's saying something because he's had some pretty dang good receivers on his roster during his time. Sean Crespin has something to say about this. I, I got why. nothing to say about it. It's just, it's all gravy, baby. No, I mean, hey, I mean, you know, <laughs> it's great that he's in, he's, in, he's in Vegas and he's reunited with his college teammate. Mm-hmm. And I think they're going to make a lot of magic happen. But if you're Aaron Rodgers, a two-time reigning MVP, you've got to be sitting back thinking like, did I, really, did I really do the right thing by playing this thing out? I, I, I wanted to have them over the barrel, and I did. But it cost me my guy. And what's his biggest beef been with the organization the last few years? No receivers, no weapons. Give me some more weapons. Give me something to, you know, and now he saw the best one walk out the door. So By his own fault. Yeah. Because he was unable to make up his mind on what he wanted to do. People got to remember, Mike, we talk, I've talked about this too. We're all individual contractors. There's right. 53 individual contractors. Yeah. Everybody's going to do what's best for themselves. Aaron Rodgers did what was best for him. And Devontae Adams, seeing that, seeing how, hey, he could have tied this up in a nice little boat a lot sooner, he's like, hey, I'm out of here. I'm going to go with a guy that I know is going to have my back. Aaron seems to be enjoying uh, having the the benefits that he has as a two-time MVP. I'm going to go where I'm actually wanted. Well, yeah, you're one foot in, one foot out. And to your point, if you're a wide receiver – you need to know who's throwing you the ball. You need, and we talked about that. Look at the, the, the quarterbacks that, this team, that Larry Fitzgerald played for. Oh. Like, oh. he had two great ones. Mm-hmm. He had mm-hmm. your former teammate, Kurt Warner, mm-hmm. and he had Carson Palmer. Yep. In between there. There was a lot of. There was a lot of yeah. Jordan Love. 
And if you're Devonta Adams, you can understand that. Yeah. You know, and I, I feel, you know, you put this out there and then all of a sudden, you know, questions come and he goes, look, there's a lot that goes into that. Family's important. Geography is important. That was just one small part of it. So he's kind of walking it back a little bit because I don't know that he, ex- I don't know how he didn't expect this, but maybe he didn't think it was going to turn out the way it did. Um, but Mike, these are grown men. You and own it. You got to own it. You can't. Once you say it, you got to own it. These are grown men. I mean, and I don't, I don't, I don't fault Devontae Adams at all for what he did. I, he had to make a decision based on his future because if Aaron would have walked and he was stuck there yeah. with Jordan Love, he knows his numbers would have looked a lot different going forward, and it may have affected his legacy overall. Well, and the big part of that story that came out, they said, look, you, according to reports, you left money on the table in Green Bay. And he's like, yeah, I did. Because I didn't know it was going to be Well, that's it, exactly. Why take the money and you're going to get your head kicked in? I'd rather go get the money, get some money, and play with a guy that I know that I can, I can count on and I know is going to want to have me around and, and wants to be where he's at. He confirmed that he left more money on the table to leave Green Bay. And his quote, I'll say it, okay, it was true, period, but a lot more goes into it than that. Yeah. I mean, you think about the situation, you yeah. think about – who he's playing with now. He couldn't be happier about that. The fact that the Raiders are, 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 are a loaded team in a loaded division, my goodness, there's going to be a lot of fireworks. At a, is it Allegiant Stadium? Is, is, is that be it? Allegiant Stadium. There's going to be a lot of fireworks. There's going to be a lot of points put on the board in that stadium when you think about just the, uh, the division opponents alone. Yeah. Kansas City rolling in there. Denver rolling in there. I mean – the Chargers rolling in there. Oh, yeah. My goodness. It, yeah. th- there's, there's, I can't wait to see this season unfold. I cannot wait, Mike. You could put a AFC West game on as the game of the week. Every week. Literally all year. No Absolutely. Problem. Real quick, we need some breaking news or some news, newsy type music. Bum, bum, because, bum, bum. Uh, Jimmy, Jimmy Garoppolo and Baker Mayfield still with their teams. Uh, they both are coming off shoulder surgery. I know. Teams aren't going to make a move until they're, – they're waiting on them to both be cut. I understand. I'm just saying From that – From a contractual standpoint, they're waiting on them We'll to be just cut. make that the update. We'll just say still with their team. Still with their teams. And I, I think the, the, the Jimmy Garoppolo one, I, I'm a little perplexed because I don't understand why you're in such a rush to push him out the door. We haven't seen enough – of the youngster we, we just haven't seen enough and we've seen Jimmy Garoppolo play in two NFC championships games with this same team Mike. and I'll say it and until you know proven otherwise man this the 49ers PR machine is working overtime to to to, to get Trey Lance they're know, talking about how Steve Young is mentoring him he's, and, he's staying late that and to, he's that to me is not good those aren't good headlines and, and no. if, I, if I'm a 49er fan he stuck around after OTAs and he's a really jumping into the work and he's you know which is all good but when you are starting quarterback in the nfl every nfl quarterback the first guy in the building there's stories about that all over the league let me ask you this as a former player Mm -hmm. jimmy garoppolo is what he is we know what he is but he's also a quarterback that took you to a super bowl and also got you back to an nfc championship game just last year and i was watching on uh, one bad throw from going to another super yeah, bowl and at, you're right nfl um if the safety catches that that interception they go to a super bowl again nfl network had on the week 18 game between the niners and the rams they had to win to get in yeah and he leads them on a under two minute drive for a touchdown to push that game into overtime so let me ask you as a, as a former player he's got his faults but you're a, you're a defensive player on that 49er team. 
I'm not letting Jimmy Garoppolo. Who do you know. want? I want Jimmy Garoppolo. I want the proven commodity. How I want are you the right bird now? in the hand. I'd agree. I want the bird in the hand. I, I want the guy that has taken me to an NFC Championship game twice and a Super Bowl. If I, there are a lot of great, there are a lot of great young players in the NFL right, right now. None of them can have. None of them have the resume that Jimmy Garoppolo has right now to his credit. And here's a turn. They may gets, have it, but they or they may have it in the future. Yeah. But they don't have the current resume that Jimmy G has right now. Here's a here's a term that gets thrown around probably too much by media members. Lost the locker room. But let me ask you this: If you if you're the 49ers, Jimmy G ends up being cut or traded away. You start out one and three because the new kid just doesn't have it. How you feeling? How, how is it? Would they be walking a line if? Oh, I'd be pissed. But, but would, the, would the organization be walking a line to where they could quote unquote lose the locker room? We look, you, you guys. We we don't have to tiptoe around this. I went through this. We went through this with the Cardinals. Remember, we had Matt Leinart. Mm-hmm. We had Kurt Warner. Mm-hmm. We went with the proven commodity. Things worked out. Yeah. Kurt Warner. They they you know there were times where people thought he looked washed. They thought he looked done. And there was a time when we were, I think we were playing Atlanta, where you had Matt Leiner being interviewed, and they were asking him, would he be the starter next week? And Denny Green walks up behind him and says, Matt Leiner will be the starter next week. And it still worked out to where, when it was all said and done, Kirk Warner was the right choice. I remember you guys had... Two, like almost like two packages, one for Matt, one for Kurt. They Kurt, went series for series. Kurt would come in in the two-minute situations, and it would go bing, boom, boom, score. And you're going, why the hell isn't he the star? I'm sitting at home screaming at the TV. Why is he not your starting quarterback? Because you had a you number 10 overall pick bing, and boom, a guy boom. that was a Heisman Trophy winner from USC that had right. won just about everything that you could win in college. Yeah. So and, and everybody Kurt, saw Denny Green saying he will be the starter. He will be the starter. So yeah. we, I've lived this, yeah. and I'm telling you, we all to a man, there was no question Kurt was the better player. And when they gave Kurt the job in 2008, everything skyrocketed from there. Yeah. We all know what happened after that. So the rest, the is, rest history. is history. So when you start talking about a bird in the hand and a proven commodity as a player that has a finite window to win, you only have three or four maybe cracks at it to really have a legitimate shot to go to a Super Bowl and win that ultimate prize. I, just, I want somebody that's been there and done that. Yeah. I don't want a rookie. I don't want a guy, or not a rookie, I don't want a guy that's young and doesn't have that experience yeah, yet. I think, I think it just tests the professionalism of, of the guys in that locker room. Like I've always thought the whole lose the locker room thing in the NFL is ridiculous because you're dealing with grown men and, 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 and professionals, right? Yeah. But you see, all, like go, go back through NFL history, the one that always comes to mind to me right away is the 2000 Ravens. Right where their offense couldn't score, you know they they had to basically try to shoot shut shutouts week in and week out, and they did, and they did, and they went yep. and won a Super Bowl. Yep. Yep. But that just that just spoke volumes of the leadership and on that side of the football, the the professionalism of that side of the football. I think those situations have to test that aspect of of, of, of a professional athlete. No question, and I'll, I'll actually throw this in too as an extra nugget. Don't think for one second this doesn't have anything or this doesn't have something to do with Debo Samuel. Because if Debo Samuel is getting passes from Trey Lance, it looks a lot different mm-hmm. than Jimmy Garoppolo yeah. because Jimmy Garoppolo showed that, that Debo Samuel was one of his favorite targets. Yep. And so if I'm Debo Samuel and I'm asking for this money and I'm, I'm wanting to, you know, if I got to go back and bet on myself again, guess who I want as my quarterback? I want the guy that was feeding me the ball at least seven, eight times per game. 
and a guy that was putting me in position to be successful to make plays because with Trey Lance, he's gonna it's it's gonna feel different because he's got a different knowledge of the system. Jimmy Garoppolo knows the systems backwards and forwards. He may not have always been available due to injuries, but when you talk about a knowledge of the system and when he's healthy, how that team looks with him under center, if I'm Debo Samuel, I'm, I'm, I'm pushing hard to keep Jimmy Garoppolo because selfishly I know my stats are going to look so much better if I'm getting passes from Jimmy G as opposed to Trey Lance. Trey Lance started the game here, right? Mm-hmm. I think that was the only game he started this year. Debo Samuel, three catches for 58 yards. Have you guys seen the Jimmy Garoppolo uh, subway commercial? Yes. My goodness, he's a handsome man. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know. Come on. Wow. I'm just saying, yeah. if that matters he kind of He kind of reminds me of Superman back in the day. He, yeah, he looks like bit. Dan I see Reeves. that. A little bit. Dan Reeves. There you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you know, like you, like you see him, like you just think he should have an S on his chest and the, and the cape flowing in the wind. he holds up that Italian whatever he's selling at his yeah. subway and his tooth. Ding. Yeah. I mean, Is this know. a Subway commercial or a toothpaste commercial? I mean, my goodness. Jimmy Garoppolo. He's a good-looking man. Can't hate on him. All right. We'll keep, every week we'll give an update till uh, we have resolution with uh, <laughs> right. Garoppolo and Mayfield. All right. On the other side, pump the brakes. And? Dad jokes. Yeah. I'll never be a TV weatherman. I point it the wrong way. <laughs> Coming up on Train and Gross. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Welcome back in... Final segment, Train and Gross. We got uh, Pump the Brakes coming up. Yeah. Got dad jokes. All right. Before I do this, I wrote this down at the very beginning of the show, and I forgot about it. All right. Okay, what do you got? Break it to me. Quick quiz for you. Come on. One team in collegiate sports this year. College football playoffs, NCAA March Madness, College World Series. What's that one school? Uh, That would be the University of Notre Dame. Cheer, cheer my ass. Yeah. Hell yeah. I like it. And I'm all in. I Took like, down number one Tennessee in baseball. In their own yard. Proud of them. In their own yard. But Tennessee was so unlikable, though. They were, they were, they were. They were a cocky group. I mean, a cocky know. lot. Yeah, you know. All, right. all good with that. I'm, I'm going to yeah. give you the Notre Dame thing. Like, I, I wish them well in Omaha. That's right. It's good to have the Irish there. That's right. Their uniforms? Uh, leaves a lot to be desired. Dude. The blue on blue oh, with no. the gold helmet? Yeah. And the, the piping? On these yeah. things, I, I, yeah. when, and I love Twitter, and there are some really clever... And the English, Irish, yeah, I mean, the cursive Irish, yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't work. This, this person, I have no idea who she is. Her name is Karen Howell. Okay. I was going through this, because I was watching, I was like, maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm old school, and I don't like these Under Armour uniforms. Karen Howell, here's her tweet. Respect that Notre Dame could let Maria Von Trapp use old curtains to make their uniforms. Wow. And she ain't wrong. Wow. She ain't wrong. Did you see these things? I did see them. They're a monstrosity. Yeah. I hope they ditch them and get something better. I I hope the people at Under Armour were listening Hmm. and give them something better when they get to Omaha. Sean Crespin, take it away. Now, Under Armour Armour can can put it out there, but Notre Dame still has the final okay. So Notre Dame okayed that. which is that's that's somebody, on that's on my alma mater. Right? Somebody, somebody needs to. That's on my alma mater. Somebody needs to answer for that. Sean Crespin, <laughs> take it away. Uh, pump the brakes. You guys know how it works. I'm going to toss out statements from the world of sports, maybe a little pop culture. You tell me if you're pumping the brakes on that, or if you're going to roll with it. Uh, Cliff Kingsbury quoted today: "Quote, I'm praying before training camp. I just want him there day one of training camp." That's Cliff Kingsbury talking about his quarterback, Kyler Murray on whether or not the contract will be done. So pump the brakes or not, 
Kyler Murray will have himself a new contract by day one of training camp. I say pump the brakes. I think for Kyler Murray, he's going to be trying to ask for Deshaun Watson money. I think he's going to look for that kind of guaranteed money. And I think the Cardinals are going to look at him and be like, uh, no, you got two years left on your deal. Um, we'll see you in a year. And I think Card, I think for Cliff Kingsbury, he's married at the hip of Kyler Murray. He was hired specifically to coach up one Kyler Murray. So the fact that he's worried that his franchise quarterback won't be in camp, I think he has good reason to worry. Nobody knows him better than than Coach Kingsbury, and I think he understands his temperament. We, we saw this guy scrub his uh, social media Instagram accounts. Instagram and everything else. You know what I mean? With, the, with anything cardinal on it. So... Uh, he's shown that he's not willing to, to just accept anything. He's not backing down. He's not uh, going to, to go quietly. So I, I could easily see uh, this being a situation that lingers into the season. He'll be there. No, not, not he'll be there. He will have a new contract. He'll be there day one with a new contract. He will be. Okay. He will be. It'll be done. Okay. It'll be done. It, see, and, and I get what you're saying about the comparison with Lamar Jackson. And in my mind, you know, again, if we're kids playing pickup in the backyard and Lamar Jackson and Kyler Murray are on the wall and you got one pick. I'm taking Lamar. I'm taking Lamar. Yeah. I get that. Yeah. So to your point around, does Kyler get Lamar Jackson money? No. You, I mean, all things being equal. depends on what Lamar Jackson gets. Does he Deshaun get Deshaun Watson, Watson money? I understand all that. But yeah. at some point, similar to what we were saying about the Ravens, Cardinals don't have any choice. What are they going to do? You know, you're going to play hard. No, you can't. He's going to be. But you can. And that's why I think what B-Train said is you can, absolutely you right. Yeah, Kyler Murray should ask for Deshaun Watson money because it doesn't kill you to ask, right, that you should always reach for the stars. But the Arizona Cardinals should also say. Give him a number that he's happy to put his line on. I'll see you next year. His name on the dotted line, and it'll be done. Yeah. I thought the question when you were rolling it out was Rodney Hudson. Yeah. Will he be there? Because to me, that's as He's almost, that valuable, yes. He's that valuable. Yes. Right? Yes. And Rodney Hudson has options maybe that Kyler Murray doesn't. Rodney Hudson, We've seen life without Rodney Hudson. It's not good. And Rodney Hudson's 30-some-odd years old. He's made 75-ish million dollars in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know Rodney Hudson. I, you know, we've never talked about it. But if he was smart with his money, and he said, screw this. I don't need this anymore. I'm done. Like, He can do that. Not he unheard had, of for well, a 33-year-old to walk. he had no problems forcing his way out of Las Vegas. Understood. None. Understood. But so I'm he, su- to it's me, a different it's situation. A, it was a different situation. Very true. If, if the question is 1A, Kyler Murray, 1B is Rodney Hudson right no now. No question. Uh, the NFL already has now 18 weeks. George Kittle advocating for 19 weeks. But what he's saying is the NFL needs two bye weeks. Says he spends a couple hundred thousand dollars on body upkeep each and every year. So I'll start with you, B-Train. Having been somebody who's been there and done that, the NFL needs two bye weeks. Pump the brakes or not? I would say pump the brakes. I understand why he would want two two bye weeks because you've added another game, which is more wear and tear in your body. But we are professionals. It's not as if you have to do another job. It's not as if you have some other obligations to to be accountable for. Your whole job all year long is to get yourself ready to play from September to February. So however you get that done, you got to get that done. And and. However many games you have to play to go win a championship, you're going to play more than 16 anyway. So if you want to win a championship, you better be locked in for 20 games no matter what happens. So, no, one bye week is plenty. And if you play well enough, you'll get the additional bye week when it comes to playoffs anyway. There you go. 
And, and I'll, I'll take the flip side of that argument and say, give it to him. Give him that extra bye week. Okay. You know, again, and, and it's interesting hearing it from a guy like George Kittle. And I looked it up while B-Tran was talking. George Kittle has played in his five-year career, has played a full season once. And, and if, you, if you're a 49ers fan, you absolutely love the way this guy plays. Like, you never question him for one second when he's out there. But the wear and tear, you know, he played as few as eight, but always missed at least one, two. Last year, he missed three games with injuries. You saw it when he played the Cardinals and he won a couple years ago. Low hit, right? He got to not a dirty hit, but just happened to be a low hit. Yeah, hyperextension of the knee. Mm -hmm. The other thing that you look at it from a business standpoint, it allows the NFL to stretch that season by a year. Ding, 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 ding. Then you're getting really close. If you're not there to the President's Day weekend, you get that damn NFL holiday that you want anyway. So, so, and that's where I was going to go with this because as a football junkie, it gives me one more Sunday watching the NFL. Now, my favorite team might not be playing an extra game, but it does give me another weekend of sitting my butt there watching, you know, nine hours straight. Stretch it for a weekend. (laughs) You're already playing mid-February anyway. February 8th was the Super Bowl this year, I think. Yeah, it was. Something like that. No, it was the 13th. Was it the 13th? Yeah. Then you're one week away from President's Day weekend. Mm -hmm. Stretch it out a week. You have a three to play at Super Bowl Sunday. Everybody gets Monday off anyway. (laughs) I think it's Perfect. Wow. Most everybody gets my deal. You got a volleyball tournament to work. <laughs> uh, next question, Steph Curry. He belongs in the conversation with the Bill Russells, the Wilt Chamberlains, the Michael Jordans as the most influential players in NBA history. Oh, I'm not pumping the brakes on that. He has literally changed the game. The fact that the three-point shot has become the weapon that it is, that is primarily due to Steph Curry weaponizing the three-point line. The fact that he can shoot from anywhere over half court, you have to pick him up that far out. And it it opens up the lanes for so many other guys. He gets so many other guys involved. And the fact that he's such an unselfish superstar, he doesn't have to have the ball in his hand. He's not ball dominant. He's not dribble, dribble, dribble for 20 seconds and then having to bail the team out with a shot. The ball moves. And when he's the guy that's, that's starting that, he's the guy that that gets everybody else going, how can you not follow his lead and, and be the guy that, that um, helps him get to where he wants to go? Initially, I was going to pump the brakes, but I, I, I agree, and it's something you said, Sean, about how he's changed the game. Because you think about the first two men that you mentioned, physically imposing, mm-hmm. right? And then the way Michael Jordan played. He physically imposed, but he, he mentally imposed. Exactly. And if Steph Curry doesn't, at first blush, doesn't necessarily fit either of those pills. But when you better you, know where he is, you better know where he is. And something you talk about all the time when we're talking about Hall of Fames. Can you tell the story of the NBA in the tw- late 20 teens and tw- early 2020s without talking about Absolutely and probably not. putting the top of the list Steph Curry? Yeah. So no, only undif- only unanimous MVP. You can't the only pump one. The brakes. You can't. No, I saw him. I was working the NBA All Star Game in Dallas in 2010. So he's in the league at that point, like a year or so, right? Yeah, two um, years. I think he came in 2008. Yeah, and so he's he's I'm I'm sitting there killing time watching practice. Um, and so it's really lighthearted. You know how all-star games are. I mean, you played in the NFL version of it. Super lighthearted. Right. So they get into this this line of shooting the ball from the opposite free throw line. Okay, so all, all, all like 24, 26 players, whatever it is, all shooting from the other free throw line. Nobody's hitting it. Steph Curry comes up, bam, drains it. I mean, literally nothing but net. Place goes crazy, and there's nobody in there but the players and coaches. Right. Um, so they go through the line again. It gets back to Steph Curry. Guys start making bets. And I... And, 
damn if he doesn't step up and back second time in a row now at this point from the opposite free drains throw line. Drains it again. Drains it without hitting net and I'm or without hitting rim and I'm going this guy. There's wow. something here. He's best. This was before he had that all open, you know, green light to shoot from anywhere. No this question. half of the free throw, the, the uh, mid, you know, half court line. Yeah. It was, but there were, you could just see it there. The guy's incredible. He, he, absolutely incredible. So I would I'm not pump the brakes on that either. I, I would even go this far, and I, I heard. Uh, Stephen A. Smith, who a guy, you know, take him for what he's worth. He actually made the argument that he deserves to be in that top 10 before Wilt Chamberlain. Because when you talk about Wilt Chamberlain, you have to talk about Bill Russell. Yeah. And when you talk about Bill Russell, now Bill Russell had a better team. He had more Hall of Famers on his team than Wilt Chamberlain ever did. Mm -hmm. But when you look at the head-to-head, 11 rings to two, yeah. Wilt Chamberlain has two yeah. championship rings. Yeah. 11 to two. Yeah. That's glaring. That's I, I a wow stat. And, and I don't want to go down this rabbit hole now, ah, but maybe in the it. future, but you just mentioned like, you know, if, if Wilt Chamberlain would have been on the Celtics instead of the Sixers. Oh, God. Or, oh, you know, God. we talk about Barry Sanders, if he would have been on the With Cowboys. the Cowboys. Oh, God. Right? Oh, God. You know, you talk about all-time greats. But if you're the best of the best, you shouldn't you, matter. You should be able to get more than two, though. If you're the best, there's only five on the court. Well, right? I was just going to say, for for Wilt, absolutely. For Barry, yeah, it's a harder argument. It's a hard. But I, it's I, hard. But I get what you're saying. 11 to two now. I mean, we're talking about championships. Yep. My man doesn't even have enough fingers for all of his rings. <laughs> Bill Russell. And and for all of the dominance that that that, uh, that Will Chamberlain had, he only got two to show for it. Take that, Tom Brady. He lost a lot to Bill Russell. Uh, one week from tomorrow. It'll be June 23rd. It'll be the NBA draft. Mm. Pump the brakes or not, DeAndre Ayton will be a Phoenix Sun on June 24th. Pump the brakes. Really? If I'm DeAndre Ayton, everything that I have as far as real estate in Arizona is up for sale. I just don't see him as that piece for this Phoenix Suns. Again, we said this last week, there are at least three guys that I put in immediate, uh, as far as importance, ahead of DeAndre Ayton. And if you have three guys in front of you, how can you ever ask for a max deal when you're not even the third option on your own team? Now, if somebody else is sucker enough to say, hey, he's what we're missing to make a championship run, I couldn't do the deal fast enough if I'm James Jones. Yep. I think we said that last week. Couldn't do it fast enough. I'm pumped. What am I doing? Am I pumping the brakes or not? Mm -hmm. He's he's not going to be here. I mean, you Google it, and I know media is what it is. But, you know, they're, they're, where there's smoke, there's fire. And, you know, you've got all kinds of trade destinations. Toronto, Orlando, Houston. I saw a very interesting article about the, no, uh, no, about the, uh, no, the Rockets. You look no. at teams that are picking in the top part of the uh, draft that also have some salary trade-off that you can make work. Um, I think it's going to happen. And, and, you know, for the reason that you outlined. And I just... I just can't get out of my mind as beloved and respected as Monty Williams is. You know, here, it's all, I haven't ever heard it presented this way, but if you're James Jones and you're having these conversations with Monty Williams, you got to back up your coach. And Absolutely. Like he disrespected the coach that way. The coach of the year, by the way. Exactly. Exactly. 
So I yeah no. I got two. Can I do two more? Yeah. I got I got two Go food related. Oh, you know two how you love your polls. Food related. Yeah, that's where these both come from. Um, well, one of them does at least. An annual survey on America's favorite vegetables just came out. Any idea on what landed at number one? Carrot. Incorrect. A vegetable? Yeah. Corn. Pump the brakes or not, the best vegetable is broccoli. Ugh. No, pump the brakes. <laughs> I'll take cauliflower over broccoli. I agree with right that. Now. According to this survey, broken down by state. I'll take cabbage over broccoli. Right I'm now. not going to go that far. I will go that I'm far. Not going I that will far. take broccoli. Broccoli. Broccoli's number. There's the number one vegetable in 29 states. Who the hell did this poll? State, 29 states. Out of 50? Broccoli comes out number one. Uh, corn came in second. 11 states uh, say corn is the number one vegetable to them. And carrots came in number one in 10 states. I'm Those are your there. top three. Broccoli, corn, and carrots. And so, while we're talking about vegetables, uh-huh. don't give me cauliflower pizza or cauliflower. Like, if you want cauliflower, <laughs> fine. But give me cauliflower. Like, you don't need to turn it into pizza crust. You ever have, you ever have cauliflower cooked like uh, buffalo wings? Yeah. If you right. haven't, you need to go get some right now. Yeah. No, I've but right. Somebody now. tried to foist off pizza crust with cauliflower, yeah. like cauliflower pizza crust. Yeah, yeah. no. Come on. No. If I'm gonna have pizza, I'm gonna have pizza. So I mean, what's, what's I'm, gonna, I'm gonna I'm gonna go I'm gonna go collard greens though. From vegetables. Yeah. To collard greens. You know what I eat an absolute ton of, and you wouldn't do it because I cook it with my salmon is asparagus. That's probably the number one. I like asparagus. That's probably the number one vegetable. It just makes it just it just consumed makes the, in it, my house. It makes the urine smell. It sure I, does. I've grown more and more fond of asparagus over the years. Didn't yeah. like it as a kid, mm-hmm. but I've grown more. I cook fond a of ton it. of it lately with the my smell. salmon, so I'm gonna have. Hold, to hold your that. nose. Hold your yeah. nose when you eat it, though. Yeah. You, corn, carrots, carrots. That's why I'm wearing glasses. I'm the only one in this conversation wearing glasses now. Quickly, last one here. Uh, According to some experts, you can absolutely forget about the quote-unquote best buy date on your food. Don't worry about it when it's passed. Milk, as long as it passes the sniff test, you're good. Eggs, you can basically ignore the date, it says, as long as it passes the float test. Pasta is good to eat up to two years after the date. Cheese way after the date as well so pump the brakes or not you're good with eating food beyond that date that's on the package oh, i'm pumping the brakes because for one who, who who is the research department that actually did this research <laughs> like who are the people who were the guinea pigs that were eating this outdated food here i will i, will like, I, I, I don't know who was willing to take that chance I, I can go both ways on this one like i have i am guilty like if there's something in the fridge uh-huh. i'll just reach in and if i want if that's what i want to eat i'll just eat it and then afterwards karen will be like dude this is expired right, but, but like say you grab say you grab you know some ground beef that you bought Ooh. and the sticker date is like two days past are you cooking it are you rolling the dice on that so two that years, what's your cutoff that takes forever what's your cutoff if- Go ahead, Mark. Uh, to your point, like there's certain <laughs> stuff I'm okay with, cheese uh-huh. and eggs and stuff. Meat, I ain't messing around with meat, man, especially yeah. the way it's processed. I would agree with that. That scares me. Mm. I'd agree uh, with that. And we haven't had red meat in the house. and But even chicken is scary, too. Like, you know, I don't mess around with that. But the other side of the coin is the sniff test. I don't know if this happens to either one of you guys in my house. If the milk's bad, like the milk's bad. Like, smell it. You don't need to come to me and say, smell this. Is this no, bad? No, you know it's bad. You know what it smells like. You know like, what bad milk smells like. Like, I'm going to overrule you and Dude, you're going to say, I'm so guilty. No, that. it's good. Pour me a glass. I mean, you know, everybody does it, right? Oh, this is terrible. Smell this. 
You know what I mean? People always do that. Like, why would I want to smell it? I just Yeah, you just showed me it doesn't <laughs> smell great. No. Get that out of here. Get that right. mess out of here. Get so, that weak stuff out of here. I'm good with certain foods. I agree. Certain foods, all right, I'll push that, that date on the on the on the deal. Because every meats. time you turn on the news, man, somebody's recalling ground meats. beef because yeah. of salmonella. Meats, or... I'm good. Yeah. Pump the brakes on the wow. meats. Alright, time for uh, dad jokes mm. of the week. B Train's famous dad joke. For those of you joining us for the first time, there is a grading system to his dad joke each week. No matter what, he's going to get one of these. Mm-hmm. It's a quality dad joke. You're going right. to hear the laughter. If it's above and beyond, you're going to get the standing ovation. But there's always that chance. And I believe, was it last? Two weeks ago. Came close to it. No, stop. Where you're going to get one of those. No, that was last week where Mike was Was it last week? That That's Mike. right. It was gross. I wanted to hit the button. Dude, yeah. he's living rent-free between your ears on this one. Oh, there's no chance he's pushing the green I button. I have hit that thing like four times at this point. Just four. as, as an example. Could be. Three times. Three, Three times. times? Could Three be. Times. All right. Here we go. Three times out of 75, by the way. It's pretty good. It's pretty damn good. Yeah. I'll just say that. Mm-hmm. All right, here we go. <clears throat> what do you call a man with no arms or legs in the middle of the ocean? Bob. (laughs) (laughs) That one is good. That one is good. What'd you think? I was laughing before he said it because I knew what was coming. See, because he's bobbing up and down. I know. I never know if you get it. Thanks. (laughs) Wow. Wow. Wait a minute, Sean. Can you... Can you translate that for yeah. me? <laughs> Shut up. I'll punch you in the throat. I didn't throat. quite get that. Can you run that back, please? Uh, that's good. Punch you in the throat. That yeah. Good. That's going to do it for this week's edition of Train and Gross, episode number 75. Next week, I'm going to be on the road, so oh. maybe we'll do this remotely. Yeah. yeah. We'll Let's hope that wherever I'm, uh, wherever I'm setting up camp, we'll have uh, decent Wi-Fi. We'll make Hopefully, we'll still have some hockey, man. Uh, I don't know. Well, hey, real quickly. It's a week. I think we would. I mean, they're playing like every, are they playing like every three days, like NBA? I think, well, ABC's in charge of the schedule, to your point. So whatever they're doing, we'll see. We should uh, should be about game four, game five. Now they're going to overtime in game one. So game one, they're getting extra hockey. You know it's going to be that kind of series. I like it. Bertrand Berry, Sean Crespin, I'm Mike Gross. We'll see you next time. We'll holla.